0: Hello, hockey fans, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and along with the Buffalo Kid, I'm Mark Warner. We'd like to thank you guys for taking a few minutes out of your day and spending some time with us today talking about Las Vegas hockey, uh, the Stanley Cup finals. Uh pretty much when we start talking hockey things can go in any and all directions and usually do. So uh let me bring Tom in. Welcome to the show. Good day to you, sir.
1: Yeah, good day. This thing could go with Mr. Blessing, with Mr. Brian Blessing, this thing can go to maybe even in the Buffalo Bills football, we just don't know yet.
0: That you know that could easily happen. He was uh he was covering the Buffalo Bills in their four-straight Super Bowl run there in the early 90s, and uh, obviously he's he's one of the most respected journalists here in town. Uh, he won an Eclipse Award, which is Thoroughbred's highest honor there in 1997 for a documentary he did on the Thoroughbred racing industry. He was voted New York State Broadcaster of the Year, which if you think about it, that's pretty ridiculous with I mean, all the franchi- yeah. all the franchises and legendary uh, journalists and broadcasters that are in the state of New York to win broadcaster of the year there is is pretty ridiculous of an honor. Uh, currently,
1: how how, how did he beat how did he beat the uh, radio duo for the Yankees? Is amazing, <laughs> is <isn't> it? <laughs> I
0: think that might have been before that that duo was put together because they're pretty much, <laughs> they're pretty much untouchable right now uh, in the world of sports <laughs> broadcasting. <laughs> um sterling and susan sir is it was a narrow vote but uh cur- currently brian is the host of sportsbook radio on 920 amk bad every day uh middle of the day here in las vegas uh but mo- most of all brian's just a straight up hockey guy so ladies and gentlemen brian blessing welcome to the show
1: oh hey guys how you doing great time of year wrap another good season up and uh I know you guys are fired up about hockey, and, and never, never a bad time talking pucks.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Let me uh, let me right away bring in Tom. He's from Buffalo. He's got a lot of good memories from your time out there. Uh, let me give yeah. the, let me give the listeners a little bit of background again here. Uh, Brian's one of our most respected journalists here in town and broadcasters. Uh, he won the Eclipse Award in 1997 from Thoroughbred Racing. That's basically their highest honor. They can award a journalist for a documentary that he did. He was awarded the New York State Broadcaster of the Year, which, if if you think about that, that's pretty, pretty, pretty ridiculous. Uh, he would he would have been that, like, that, like, that, rich, that, rich rich that that the to,
1: Hockey Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, the New York State Board of Broadcasters, well, you're you're turning the clock back. I mean, it's, you know, Marconi literally just got finished inventing the thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, entirely too Uh-oh. humble. Currently, he's the host of. Uh, Sportsbook Radio on 920 KBAD every, every mid-afternoon here in Las Vegas, Monday through Friday, and uh, re- literally one of the most respected journalists here in town, and we're fortunate to have him on our show today. Uh, we're going to get started with, uh, I'm going to let Tom take over and give, give a few old-school questions. Go ahead, Tom.
1: Yeah, I, I was wondering, uh, how did you get started with uh, the Buffalo Savers and Empire Sports Network and all that? Oh, man, it is is a long, long story. I'm from northeastern Pennsylvania, Wilkes-Barre. And my brother was 11 years older than me, and he'd come home and play sports and teach me to play sports each and every day. I was a sports nut and a student of the game when since I was seven. A student of all sports, rather. Uh, and then he moved to Buffalo when I was 11. Oh, And I used to go up there and spend summers with him. So in a lot of ways, I, I kind of half grew up in Buffalo as a kid and uh we was a big football basketball baseball fan and the first sabers game he took me to and the first connection was going crazy perot was uh making people jump out of their seats <laughs> the of blues and gary younger was flying around with a long flowing red lot there you go i was the first the first game i ever saw it was, it was my favorite sport instantly and when i was 11 years old, and I said, I want to be a sportscaster in Buffalo. And, then talked about, talking about bizarre, bizarre life goals. But that, that was what I wanted to do and went there. And that's a long story. Did, you know, the six and 11 o'clock news covered the bills, all, all, all the cool stuff. And, uh, ultimately in, in the end was actually working with the Sabres broadcast. And that's a long story. But once we got there, uh, we did a show called Hockey Hotline, which, it really got a lot of attention around the league and was an awful lot of fun. And to be honest with you, uh, had that Adelphia scandal not happened and the team not gone bankrupt, I have a feeling I'd still be doing hockey hotline in Buffalo because I never, never would have left Buffalo. Had chance after chance to leave and never did. Uh, but when that happened, I said, you know what, Vegas was always in my head and uh, been out here 11 years now, and I'm looking back, I love Buffalo. Buffalo will always be home. Vegas is home now. So we, we're talking Vegas hockey. You you did hockey hotline with Mike Rovati, Hockey Heaven, Buffalo, New York. So where do you see yourself with the new Vegas team? Uh, play-by-play guy, color commentator, in between the benches? What are you thinking, Brian? If you could choose, you're more than qualified. Absolutely oh, be- you no. Know it would be pretty presumptuous of me to say uh you know what where I see myself fitting in. I I absolutely have a passion for this and wanted to come to the community first and foremost. Um I do play by play. I do the Thursday night lights high school football games here in town. I've done uh tons of play by play throughout my career back in western New York. Uh I, I will say this, uh and I have spoken to you know, Bill Foley briefly about it and uh good friend, Steve Eames, who worked on the process with the Founding 50 Committee. Uh, In Irvin, Buffalo, and you, if you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I really, I can envision being a huge, by kind of being the host of the intermi- pre-game intermission and conceivably a post-game show to bring back what Hockey Hotline was. Because all these post-game shows around the country are so cookie-cutter, and the one thing that John Regas let us do um, the year we took over was the year that the, the Sabers had the coach of the year and the general manager of the year, Ted Nolan and John Muckler, and fired them both. Mm. Yeah. In the oh, beginning, it, in the beginning, it was suggested to us. It was the first year that I had teamed up with Mike Robitaille. It was suggested to us, well, just you know, you know, address it and move on. And we said, get the owner on the phone. And John Regas got on the phone. And he said, Mister E, if it's, uh, if you don't let us address this, and and you know this is a, this is a big deal, and it's not going to go away overnight, don't even start doing the show. I mean, the fans in this town aren't stupid. Yeah. To his credit, he said, carte blanche, green light, you can say anything you want to say, you know, no repercussions. And we were fair, but we were tough. Yeah, Yeah, the players did not like us. Yeah, <laughs> that's not you know that's not what it's, it's not what it's about. I mean, the fans aren't stupid, and we would get calls from all around the country. It, it, Robitaille was hilarious. We laughed, we argued, we had fun. The fans were interactive, and I I think that needs to come back. I really do, Absolutely. and I think it will. Uh, I think it will attract interest around the league too.
0: Um, what, yeah,
1: I. I I agree. I, I think I called a show one time when I was sitting home sick. I was like, "Let me call these guys up and see what's going on." Before uh, you know, the technology was is uh, raining like it is today with Twitter and all that stuff. That was that was your lifeline to the to the team, right? Well, it was, it literally. And I think there's so many stories about that show. Mick um, McKay, who's uh, from Buffalo, he's a writer of King of Queens. Uh, He, you know, he did. He's been on TV. People know who he is. Uh, But he wrote an article in the Buffalo paper. Um, You know, he's in Hollywood, writing these big time shows. And his favorite show of all time, he he wrote in the paper, was Hockey Hotline. Nice. (laughs) We 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 knew he had done something good. The one game, and we got a bunch of stories. But the the one, the Capitals came into Buffalo, and uh, Steve Connell-Walsh had got a hat trick.
0: So.
1: And, and the Cats beat the Sabres. And this was when we watched Patrick play every night. It was, it was you can't even begin to explain how good he was. Oh. Uh, but, so we, we came on the air and said, okay, uh, we got a good show lined up, yada, yada. Let's go down to Danny Gary. He's down at the Arena with Star of the Night, Steve Kyle Walsh. And Danny says, so, man, you guys came out of the gate flying. You know, you're champing at the pit, uh, Played a great game. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, to a man. Here's the two of us that. Those two guys on the post game show weren't gonna cut us apart tonight. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and and we're back on the set, high five, and I went. But I mean, but that told you. I mean, the the, the Capitals, you know, the, the people in Washington were watching this thing. We get calls from Winnipeg, Vancouver, L.A., Phoenix. It, it, and I'm not saying it's, it's about being controversial. It was just we were honest. Yeah. And yeah. you know if. The home team loses seven one. You can't go oh shucks golly it wasn't our night. I mean, yeah, you know if you lay praise on people that's great, but the praise means nothing if you're not critical when they don't do well. And all these broadcasts to me are so lovey dovey. Um, you know I don't think you're you're treating the fans like minions. The fans aren't stupid. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right on point. That should be you should be bringing that back, sir.
0: I think that was it. But then in. you got
1: to all the, you got to field all the silly questions about how come Richard Schmell did a drill uh drill the forward eight rows deep through the glass every night, right? They always picked on that guy for whatever reason. Oh, uh, and and you know what? I mean, if you ever had any regrets, it, it the one guy that it was just it was. There were two guys. One was Tim Conley, and wow. the other the other was Mike Wilson. And it got to the point where, and we were being honest, but it was like, if you just you're, of, you're almost feeling guilty, like not to treat the poor guy like a punching bag because he was struggling so badly. But we used to laugh about it. I mean, he'd play horrible for like 19 games, and he'd be 10 seconds away from them giving him $20 for a bus ride to Rochester. And he come up from the greatest game. He look like Bobby Orr for a game, and he would save his job for twenty games again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Mike Wilson. He was a first round pick, tall defenseman, right? And, and he, I believe, he played in Vegas too. He 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 went through Vegas. He
0: came oh, here with the right? Thunder.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a player with the Thunder, I think, for a brief stint.
0: Well, I think that's ah. the kind of show that's gonna. That Las Vegas needs for this franchise. The, the, the. I mean, I I hang out with this Buffalo guy 24/7 just about. And uh, one thing one thing I've learned about the good people of Buffalo, they'll uh, they'll give you a lot of slack if you're honest with them. But if if there's a perceived slight or a disrespect to the people and of Buffalo, um, they're gonna hammer you. And it's a never forget town. Um, they're, they're, they'll be we're loyal.
1: Good, we're good.
0: We're good cornered rats. We're
1: yeah. very, very good cornered rats. As, yeah. as, as, as we know uh, how to ourselves.
0: Circling the wagons, sir, as uh, <laughs> Chris Berman would say for the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons, um, but don't disrespect I, I Buffalo. This, nobody I,
1: could. I, Go ahead. I just, I just want to throw one thing in because um, I said this during the week, and they'll be, be on Twitter or whatever. I uh, the small market. Model. Yeah, well, what Pugu has done there with the Sabers and the Bills, and Bill Foley talks about San Jose was kind of is a model he's looked at uh, for what he thinks can happen here uh, in Las Vegas. And I told Bill Foley, take a look, better take a look at Buffalo because
0: yeah, definitely
1: the story I just told you it changed my life when I was 11 years old and went to a hockey game. They were an expansion team back in '71. And, yeah. Now, buffalo they've built – Buffalo's got the Harbor Center. They've, they've got the NHL Draft Combine there for the next two years. they got the draft next year. they got the World Juniors. They're going to get it again. Uh, they've built the re, total resurgence of the downtown around hockey, and it's a hockey city. And I told a few people this week, I said, you watch. I said, an absolute – the best bet you could ever make if they would let you bet on such things is I will guarantee you that Chicago has the top ratings in the NHL. Our top ratings in the country for the Stanley Cup Finals. Tampa Bay will be second, and I will guarantee you that Buffalo is third. Sure enough last night, I'm, watch, I'm watching it on Twitter, and the NBC sent a thing out of uh, exactly what happened. Buffalo had the third highest rating for hockey in the country, 7.9 rating, and it was actually down 15% from last year because maybe the matchup's not the most appealing but uh, to them, but in Las Vegas
0: And uh, as as the news came out last week, Mr. Foley was finally uh, able to update the community on on the season ticket sales. And I've you you know you know Brian, uh, we're all over social media defending the faith here in hockey. You def are in Vegas. You definitely don't have to sell us on that. But we did get uh, a a good update from Mr. Foley last week. It was uh, to the private sector eleven thousand five hundred plus to the corporate sponsors uh they they have all the luxury boxes sold with 10 year commitments the upper bowl is now sold out the lower bowl is within 20 seats of being sold out and with the with the block seats uh now being allowed into the count our season ticket sales is near 14,000 and as you say with the quarter and half season ticket packages now available the, you know, the people I've talked to and the projections I've seen say that we should be able to present uh, 15,000 seat commitments to the Board of Governors here on June 24th when they meet here in Las Vegas. Um, and this has all been done without a team. And I know Winnipeg has been fantastic. They, they sold their seats in, in 8.2 seconds and, and all that stuff. But it was already announced that the Atlanta Thrashers were moving to Winnipeg. We've done this in Las Vegas without a team. And my analogy for that's always been if you had a brand-new arena and you booked a 41-night winter concert series and you put your tickets on sale and you spent $500 million getting the licensing rights to it, but you couldn't tell the people whether a band was coming or not because there wasn't a promise from any of the acts, how many tickets do you think would sell to that, that concert <laughs> series? Not as many as Mr. Foley has sold for, for hockey here in Las Vegas. So the myth that there's there's no fans in, in Vegas and we won't go to the games or the casinos are going to prop up the team, none of that none of that's valid. And the numbers that Mr. Foley has pulled forward here since February bear that out without question. And I know that you agree with that, Brian.
1: No, he, he and the entire organization that they're working on this have done everything and then some that the NHL has asked them to do. Now it's completely in the NHL's court. So... It's hard to fathom that Gary Bettman would have let this go this far uh, without the the long-term vision that if they had pulled this off here, they would get the team. I mean, it would be a PR nightmare for the league. But one thing that not a lot of people talk about, yeah, it's great for Las Vegas, first pro team, all the things that are good for Vegas. Um, Having moved here, lived here, It's great for the league that Vegas is coming in. I mean, Las Vegas, the brand Las Vegas, to have that uh, is going to give the NHL a bump. It's good for the league. Um, They don't want another Florida on their hands. They don't want another Phoenix on their hands. Um, And and the long-term viability of it is a question, the sustainability of it. But it is, and you can't ignore it, the transit nature of the city is an advantage. And anybody that's moved here, guys like me, this is our home. This is our community. There will be a source of community pride, uh, and, and I think it will, it will sustain itself because there are passionate hockey fans. And the one thing is if marketing says that there are 130,000 hardcore hockey fans in this valley, then, the big part of this the next two years is, is to educate and give people who never given hockey a second glimpse. Like I did, when I was a kid, I was baseball, football, basketball. The minute I saw hockey, I was won over and loud. And I'll give them credit because game one of the NBA finals was a terrific basketball game. But if you literally watch the Stanley Cup playoffs compared to the NBA playoffs, it is not even a contest. It is the most exciting and dramatic thing that's going on. Uh, and there's nothing like overtime in the playoffs. Oh, you know, we're not talking about the playoffs. We're talking about a Tuesday night when Edmonton comes to town. But there are young stars in this sport, and I think people are going to be captivated by it. Sample it once and say, "I'm doing that again. I think it's going to work."
0: Absolutely, I, I, hockey's hockey's probably the best live sport. It doesn't it doesn't translate as well. Like if you sit there and watch it on TV, like you said, a Tuesday night with Edmonton in town, it might be easy to change the channel. But if you if you go to a live a live hockey game, um, I, I challenge you to come away not excited about what you just did. More so than any other Look, sport you could see in person.
1: Look what happened to well, a, I would, I would, a young Brian Blessing. Walked into the old Memorial Auditorium yeah. and he took for life. Here we are. What do you say? Seventy, seventy-one, uh, Mister Blessing. You were? Yeah, maybe when they, when they they started. Yeah, I mean, I. I it, it, sports is different now. It's so corporate. The one thing about it's cool about hockey is they're down to earth guys too, and they give back to the community, uh, and they're approachable. I really do think. They're they're different than most athletes, and it's not in their DNA to quit. And no little things. I mean, I uh, I'll never forget going going uh, before you know nonsense like going to watch the watch the pregame up. I mean that's how much you are when you're a kid. I'll never forget Peter Mahabush threw a puck over the glass to me when I was a kid. I mean you don't forget stuff like that. That's awesome. No absolutely. Still have the Do you still have the puck? Do you still have the puck? You know, I got it somewhere. I think my I think my kid might have played with it in the driveway when he was young. <laughs> uh, it was a practice puck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Sandlot movie. He like took the the Babe Bruce baseball ball. and played with it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I I honestly have. I mean, the the sad truth of that is when I moved to Buffalo, um, it just got married. Was twenty two and, and moved to Buffalo, and for whatever reason. And I, and I hadn't done it when I was a kid for the collectible nature of it. It was just what you did when you were a kid. But I wasn't going too easy. And what prompted my mother to say, I'm going to go clean the attic out today. Oh, you're kidding uh, me. And she threw three boxes of baseball cards out that I can only imagine was my son's college education in the beginning of a 401K. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the chunk she decided to keep was, like, you kept that and threw the baseball cards out? Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well let's uh
1: what, let's... Part of town, what, what part of town did you grow up in buffalo out of curiosity well you know again i so i was i was in wilkesbury until i was 21 my brother my brother uh it was called, what do they called the kensington apartments over by uh agar oh okay
0: but, yeah. when, but
1: when but when uh when i moved there we always lived in uh, the, town, the town of tonawanda in fact i still have a house there today so, uh, it, oh nice it, it's, such a, it's such a great place i mean it. it, it uh, you know I, and when I do my radio show I gotta be really i gotta almost pull it back because and the thing is when the bill the bills ors are same, making legitimate news it's like it's almost like I'm not allowed to talk about it because people think I beat the Buffalo drum so hard um, <laughs> it, is an, it, is an amazing, it is an amazing community it's an incredible place to live and it just it just gets it gets a it gets a bad rap on so many fronts but uh uh it's it's an amazing place to be. I lo- I love your free uh, when you get your free picks in the Las Vegas Review Journal. It always seemed like uh, you picked the Bills that week, it had, and it paid off a lot, didn't it? Uh, well, it, I've done it a couple of times, and uh, it, and believe me, I mean, you know, it's not the pressure of winning a bet, or or you know, getting pitchforked or leading anybody down the wrong path. But the only thing I can tell you is I bet the Bills. In a 16-game season, I'll bet on them maybe only four, four or five times, but the majority of times I'll play the total. Uh, yeah. In the pace of play, I, I have a pretty good read on what they do from a pace of play perspective. I probably play totals more than anything in, in all sports, especially hockey. But if, I'm, if, if you ever see that I pick the bill somewhere, I know that I really like it because I know that I'm heated up like a golf ball if they lose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right.
0: There's a little, there's a little gaming insight from Mr. Blessing for you guys.
1: Um, speaking, speaking of the, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never forget the, the, the one, the one story real quick. And it, you know, this why I love Vegas so much, but when I first moved here, and you with the, I was at the, the odds making company at uh, you know, the LVSC that made the opening numbers. And at first, you're trying to fit in. Like my whole thing was to come here and make it more mainstream and open a broadcast wing of it. People would say, "How do they do that?" So, well, how do they do it? And who are they? And so that was about the whole genesis to coming out here. But it was about four months in, you know, you finally you start to get a little bravado after being there for a while. I'll never forget asking uh, to one guy, "What are you making the line on the Bills Dolphins game in Week six? Uh, and he says uh, uh, Miami and the Bills are horrible. I mean, it's like JP Lossman days.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, Miami. He says Miami eight and a half, and I'm like, oh. and I start laughing. Hey, look, wookie, he give me. like, Who do you think you are? And I'm there going, and I said, this was in August, and I said, well, let me just tell you, I've been to 14 Bills Dolphins games at Joe Robbie Stadium, and I said. And the twenty thousand loyal Miami fans are out in the parking lot in their tank tops, getting gassed up, and the thirty-five thousand Buffalo people that flew down there for the game will yes. be in the stadium as the Dolphins come on the field for the warm-up, chanting "Let's go Buffalo!" And <laughs> the Bills will win that game by ten, and you're telling and the Bills, the Bills.
0: Blackhawks did the Anaheim there in game seven though. We gotta let's come on Las Vegas. We gotta come out and hold on to our tickets for a little bit. Uh I, I almost half of the pond was cheering for Chicago in game seven. That's we gotta cut it back. We gotta dial it down a little bit. We can't let, let the the Red Wing fans and the Bruins fans and the Blackhawks fans come into our house and take us over. I don't mind a little bit of a contingent from the from the other side, but uh let's let's hold on to our tickets too, Las
1: Vegas. It's, it's tough to say that because uh, like Mr. Blessing said, a savers uh, season ticket holder, he can sell his four Leaf games and pay for his whole year's package <laughs> right you know and, and it's, it's not the, but frankly many of them just keep it because it's something they don't it's not even a financial windfall the guy would get. mean and, and, and believe me, what's awesome about those games is the players sense that on the ice and they could be and they have been the two worst teams in the league and some of the best hockey you'll ever see on a, on a Tuesday in January they're running each other through the glass like it's game seven of the conference finals right <laughs> for sure for sure speaking of the conference finals Martin do you want to get that I know Mr. Blessing has got to go We wanna yeah let's like
0: let's kind of look at uh, where we're at right now in the in the Stanley Cup finals we saw we saw Tampa Bay jump out to a really quick start there in Game One. Uh, got on the board early, and then, I mean, the general consensus seems to be that they wanted to they wanted to pull back and protect their lead in the third. And one one thing I know is is if you do that to the Chicago Blackhawks, what what they're going to do is exactly what happened there in Game One: two goals, two minutes, two-one final. Bye-bye, drive home safely. Now, does. I I really liked the John Cooper brand of hockey and it didn't seem like that they stayed true with what had got them this far in the first place, which is attack, 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 uh, foot on the gas, let's go, but still having the defensive responsibility, uh, through the neutral zone and so on and so forth. Brian, do you think they're going to adjust what they did there in the third period going forward here into game two tomorrow
1: night? Well, they have to, uh, it's, and it's not unique to Tampa Bay. Oh, you watch this on a Sunday in the NFL. A team is up 13-0 going to the fourth quarter, and their defense has been dominant. And so all of a sudden there's seven minutes left in the game, and that could be two or three possessions. So all of a sudden, because there are seven minutes left in the game, they completely go to a prevent defense playing the odds that, uh, that there's isn't enough time for the team to get two scores. But all they're doing is – Absolutely giving the other team hope, and all of a sudden they get some momentum. You take your foot off the pedal, and you're dead in the water. All of a sudden, you're sitting there going, we lost 14-13. Why'd you change anything? They couldn't get a first down on you. Yeah. Now Tampa Bay had the ice tilted on them. and I'll tell you, hockey is so unique when you've know you got to get that second goal. Mm. I mean, and a two-goal lead, even a two-goal lead, is brutally dangerous. And once Tampa, you could see it halfway through the second. Once they took their foot off the pedal, it was a matter of time, albeit it didn't happen until, what, six, seven minutes left in the game. I think but they Campbell got, couldn't flip yeah. the switch back on. No, And uh, to me, I I, that's, I I hope not. I hope, like I said, there's no quitting in hockey players. Uh, I hope it's still a long series. But basically, the the Hawks won the Cup in Game 1, the, the way that happened. Uh, and the one thing I would just say, I, and I I respect the world out of Don Cherry on 90% of the stuff he says. <laughs> and I I... Was of the opinion, and that was what Anaheim was trying to do. The four defensemen that Chicago are playing, you think they'll get worn down uh, in the physical toll of all the hits. Um, You know what? Sherry said, "Be shocked." He said, and it makes sense. Is those four guys actually, you know, get in in a rhythm, and you sprinkle in the fifth guy and give one guy a little bit of extra rest. Guys can get away with that, and if you trust your partner and you're on a hinge and you know where he's going to be, there are times where you can kind of put it in a rocking chair and actually catch a mini bleeder during a shift. But he says that, and that's actually, uh, if they stay healthy, is actually a good thing. And frankly, it's proven to be the case. Um, and and why I just, I'll just give him a cup now because if, if Chicago wins a game 2 1 and Kane and Tays are off the score sheet, uh, you know, Tampa's got one shot, and that's to get involved in track meets and try to outscore
0: them. Strong words from Mr. Blessing. Already handing out the cup. I love it. I like it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, the t- and it's
1: almost the flip side, too, on, your t- on the, the piggyback off the Chicago D, the Tampa forward, they played with one left, and they played with seven defensemen on Tampa, kind of like the opposite. And, and then Coach Cooper said to get the – a forwards engaged in a game more. Right. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. The bottom line is it, 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 it's like football, run and stop the run, even though it's a passing league. If you're going to win a championship, you've got to be able to run and stop the run. In hockey, it gets simple. you got to outwork the other team. Uh The, the one thing that makes hockey great is you can tilt the, te- the ice on a team and dominate a game, but a goaltender is the great equalizer. And, you know, it's not over, and maybe that's a crazy thing, because we always warn people, uh, when you're, from a sports betting perspective, don't go overboard with what you last witnessed. Right. You know, teams can change their fortunes. Um, it's just the bad class of Chicago that's been there, done that mentality. Uh, the Johnson Kid's have been terrific. Stamkos has been a leader, and he's starting to find the net. I just got a bad feeling, though that that loss is going to really scar them that they're going to say we let we let one get away and as if chicago needs any extra bounce in their step i think they get it and i, I here's the thing chicago won, i don't think chicago could have played any worse yeah. and won the game yeah yeah i mean chicago going to get better well one thing that, that so. might
0: give the fans from tampa bay a little hope uh they went into New York in the last series and, and put on a defensive clinic in Game 5 and took a 3-2 series lead with a 2 nothing shutout. And then they headed back to Tampa Bay, ready to, ready to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. The city was energized, the team was energizers, and just flat out laid an egg and got blown out. And I remember me and Tom were talking that uh, that was their chance. They you know They're at home, everybody's excited, and it was their opportunity to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals and they just did not show up. And then, for whatever reason, they went back up to Madison Square Garden, and uh, everybody was counting them out. King Henry, the great, you know, Henry Lundquist, perfect in Game 7s. New York Rangers, perfect in Game 7s all throughout their history. And Tampa Bay just duplicated their Game 5 performance, uh, strong bounce-back performance in Game 7 with another 2 nothing shutout. So they have shown recently in these playoffs that they have the ability to – Flip that switch, leave that last game behind them, learn from it, come back out and uh, have a really strong follow-up game. And if uh, obviously, well, if they if they learned
1: if if they learned anything from it, uh, and and you're right, everything you said is right. That they went for whatever reason were playing better in the playoffs on the road because they were playing a sound, smart road game, chip it off the glass, uh, do all the fundamental things. You know, Punch and Judy, counter-punch, yep. and you know, rip the team's hard out at the right time. The problem is, you can't do that at home. Because <laughs> that's what Chicago was doing, and you let them hang around. Yep. I mean, the way they started that game, if they kept attacking, it, it was almost inevitable that they'd have got another. And, they, and then Chicago would have to open it up and you'd get another. So, Ch- Tampa does have to realize, at home, they've got to aim for it. They, and, and I... I kind of like the over in Game Two. I, I think this will be uh, more what we're we we're accustomed to seeing in, the, in that Blackhawks Ducks series. I, I think I think this game's going to be a track meet. Plus, I think Kane and Kays get on the score sheet a few times in this game.
0: What do you have? The is it over? Over uh, over minus one forty still? It's or five is...
1: five over five over twenty five. Over and frankly, I thought and I I like the over in Game One was I've been nailing the totals, but I had. That one came up short, and it, it almost got there. I mean, uh, we did a, the meet and greet with Bill Foley out at Sunset uh, Station last week in yeah. the Anaheim-Chicago game. Game six was nothing, nothing, 10 minutes into the second period. And uh, my buddy knew I had the over. He goes, not looking good. And I said, no, nah, don't don't worry. I said, when the, when the, when the first one goes, There'll be a bunch, and sure enough, the first goal was scored, and they scored four in four and a half minutes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I think that's what's going to happen here, and, and maybe from this point on, I, I think there'll be higher scoring games.
0: You know, we were talking with Dana Lane uh, from Dana Lane Sports earlier in the week, and he kind of had that same feeling that if you're consistently looking at the over here uh, in this series, you're you're probably going to come out on the right side of things because that is what Tampa Bay has to do to to be successful. Is is attack attack attack, and that's what got him here. And I think that that's good. You know, it's it's weird to say get him back into the series when it's only a one nothing game. But that's how the that's how it feels right now. Is that you know it's only one nothing Chicago, but it seems like they need something to get back into the series. And maybe a five two five three win going into
1: Chicago would
0: really help their case a lot. Oh, and
1: listen, I, and honestly. Um... I don't think they uh you know, a win's a win and that's that's the bottom line for starters. But I mean to me it's not like, you know, winning one two one in overtime that's gonna do anything for them. I, I think they gotta kinda make a statement and the number reflects that. They're a dollar thirty say that you should get Tampa's best shot. Um Chicago's gonna have to uh you know, survive that, that opening wave. Actually the uh, – it's cool in hockey now that, that, that there are more offerings that are out there. The thing I, I think might be a really good bet would be over one and a half in the first period, because I think I think Tampa, if they come out of the gate and get one, I, I think they're going to keep their foot on the pedal. I think that'll be a pretty frenetic start to the game.
0: I didn't know they were doing that on the boards now with uh, little extra bets that you could put on there. That, that I do like. Oh yeah. That. Oh, it's, like it's amazing.
1: Yep. Yeah, that that might be the better bet of all.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> the better bet I, yeah. of all would be uh, to me over one and a half in the first period. What's the what's the price over one and a half? Uh,
1: well, the game's over. It's five over thirty-five, so I'm assuming it would be like uh, yeah, over one crazy. and a half, probably minus a dollar fifteen, minus a dollar twenty. Yeah,
0: I might have to go get me some of that. I like that a lot.
1: <laughs> and the series price, I know you were asking me before. Uh, in that, it, it, the number does tell you something. Uh, you know, Chicago was the favorite in the series before it started with Tampa Bay having home ice, uh, and now they're right. up to two dollar seventy favorite oh. to win the cup now after season home ice advantage.
0: It was uh, well, do you know what that opened at? Just off the top of your head, or no?
1: Uh, the, the series price uh, was Chicago. I think it might be minus a quarter uh, for the series. It was yeah. the opener, and it, it was bet up to a dollar forty.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now it's at. Minus so the T-78. money was on Chicago. <laughs> Who? That does say a lot. That does say a lot. Going forward here, uh, we we we've covered that series pretty good. When we get to uh, when we get to June twenty fourth in the Board of Governors here, um, I know Mr. Foley has his his strong presentation ready to go. Um,
1: he's he, not invited. <laughs> he's he's not invited. He's not invited. No. He, his presentation is. Is everything you you just said in the last half hour and oh by the way look out your window and take a look at that stadium
0: right and gonna... then look
1: in the sky and look in the sky and see the sun and his presentation the hockey players are you want to golf you around and not pay state tax come and play here Absolutely. he's done his thing yeah he's done wow. his like, all they're gonna all they're gonna do in this board of governors meeting is Put expansion talks on the table.
0: Officially. And
1: and, and that's when this will happen. They'll, they'll find out in the fall. They'll find out in September. But basically, the owners are just going to say, okay, uh, we do we want to expand? That's all that's going to come out of this thing. And if they say they're going to expand, it's a no-brainer. Okay. If they say it doesn't expand, uh, then you sit there and go, well, and, and you know, there may, are other franchises out there that aren't doing very well, and that's your next... Your next kick if the can, But all you need – the, the owners just kind of look at each other and say, yeah, let's do this. They proved their point. and And what are we going to do? Are we going to Quebec? Because uh, you can't expand with one. You need two. Well,
0: I, I hope we get to go into the league. We were at the uh, Oasis Bar and Grill for your live Thursday remotes last week, and Mr. Foley said that uh, getting a chance to go into the league, hopefully in 2017 if we are awarded the franchise – that uh, going in by ourselves would uh, obviously be competitively a better look for Las Vegas because we would get the only crack at the expansion draft. We'd get the only crack as the additional pick in the amateur draft, and it would it would certainly help the strength of our on-ice product to go in the league. And there is precedence for that. San Jose came in alone as well, if I remember, and I thought there was another expansion team that came in by themselves too. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't mind going in early and then having a Seattle or a Kansas City follow up behind us and have their own draft a couple years later. Seattle's not going to have an arena built for years. They're they're trying to get public funding and the city council there is just not on board with it for a hockey first scenario. So they're not going to catch us. We have the strongest bid in North America. The people here in town know that and I believe that the National Hockey League knows that now as well. So to go in by ourselves <laughs>
1: The only thing that's bizarre is you know, and the you've kind of got a pass for it. But really, if you're, uh, you know, pick one who's a near miss. I, I, if you're the Bruins, for God's sake, you know, missed the playoffs. Are you happy that you're competing against two extra teams to get in the playoffs? I mean, it, you can't have a league with 16 teams in one conference and 14 in the other. No. I mean, that's insanity. Yeah. So that has got to be remedied. And that that's the first thing the NHL's gotta concern themselves with, is is just you know, you gotta have a level playing field with the teams you got playing now, for God's sake. Right. You can't uh... would, go ahead. Would it would it on the June twenty fourth, and if they announce expansion, would that be a a death blow to Vegas? Or does Mr. Foley buy the Penguins? I know he's chopping at the bit. What where do you guys see that? Well, expansion is absolutely the—that's—that's that's what they targeted all along. Yes, and uh, and that's that's what you know. Gary Bettman, I'm sure, gave him the the, the green light to go ahead, and that's every thing that's been discussed is about expansion. Um, if it, it would be kind of shocking that, that, that again that the league would have let go Foley and this community. Go to the lengths they have, if it wasn't something that was, you know, being very strongly considered. I, I, okay, hey, boy, that was great. You guys did that. Hey, we're not going to expand. Well, how stupid would they look? Yeah, and they could close yeah, the door
0: on this market forever because one thing, I've, I've been here since 1988. I moved here from Southern California when I was uh, 20, 21 years old. Um, one thing I know about Las Vegas, if you jilt us, you might as well just leave and let the door hit you on the way out because they will never welcome the National Hockey League back to Las Vegas if they let us go through all this and then slam the door on us like that. They could uh, kiss this market goodbye because I don't think they'd ever be able to recapture it.
1: Well, I, I, it, 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 that probably, uh, to be honest, with you, the, it, if they thumped their homes at it, they knew that on the way in and, and they could care less. Hey, listen. I, that was the one thing where I we go back to that hockey hotline thing. Yeah. We we actually, on all fronts, covered all fronts. It's like, you know, now you've got a guy back there for who's throwing money around like it's water. Well, God yeah. bless him. Like, he's the exception and not the rule. I mean, if, if you're going to do these things, it's not that because of owner went and did this that he's just expected to throw, you know, money away. You're allowed to make money on this. I mean, so there's two sides of the equation. Yeah, they, you know, they, they want it to be a profitable enterprise. And sure. I, I think that, that, that the will of all is there to make, make that absolutely be the case here. And, in fact, I would argue um, with some ideas that this could be one of the unique, most unique markets in the league. And with all the things we've got going on around town, that you take this stuff around town, um, and, and you, hey, you show up with all these meet and greets. I, I, I always tell Bill this. Everything, every one of these things, he's going to now. He gets a rousing round of applause, and and people shake his hand and love him. And I looked at him, and I go, "Wait, wait till you hire the wrong coach, or you have the game losing streak, and then we <laughs> see you go out and bubble."
0: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. What? Are, you know it's funny? You're here. You, you you've been here long enough. Uh, when when and this is an odd correlation to make, but when NASCAR comes to town. The uh, you see the drivers out in the community. You see them at the uh, meet and greets at the bars and grills all over the city. Um, that's gonna like like you said back in in Buffalo with the players getting out in the community and and that's that's the kind of thing that they're gonna need to do and and do more of once we're farther along in the process to excite more of the fan base. Like you said, to get to get the people that have never been to a hockey game involved is to bring the players out. Bring the the general managers and the owners out. Do some golf tournaments. Do some meet and greets. And there's there's a lot of unique things that you can do here in Las Vegas that other other franchisees, frankly, won't have the opportunity to do in in their communities if they expand.
1: So I think our leg up is. Well, you you look at you look at Southern California. I when they first came in the league and the Kings were skating around with their pretty purple and yellow pajamas. You know, love them. Uh, so,
0: love those jerseys, in the, Brian. In the in
1: the, in the beginning, <laughs> oh, Sheldon Kanagies or Marcel Dion, Rogie Vischa. Give me a
0: break, Charlie Simmer, Dave Taylor. Get come on, bring it on. The purple <laughs> that's Forum Blue and Gold, sir.
1: <laughs> I, good good buddy of mine, one of the nicest guys in the world, Larry Playfair. At the end of his career, played with the Kings. We yeah. went to the Forum a couple of times to see him. Absolutely, uh, it was actually, lot, actually, actually it, was my, it was one of my a great a great betting story. You got a second? Sure, all the time that, you need, Brian. You, you, yeah, we, yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we were—I we, don't know—the Bills were playing. We were covering a Bills game in Los Angeles, so, so we were out. Uh, we were out there, uh, and the Kings were playing um, uh, the Saber, or no, the Kings were playing the, the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets that night. And you could have shot a cannon off of us in the arena. And either so way, we, we we called back home, and I don't know, we put. 50 bucks or whatever on, on the Jets because we were going to the game. <laughs> and so we we're sitting up, here you know, we're up. We're actually we up in uh, or whatever. And so at the end of the game, there's no one there. So we went down to watch the third period, and we're sitting like right above the glass on the blue line.
0: Nice. And nice.
1: the Kings were up three-two. And um, you know everybody's just sitting there with their on their hands watching the game. And uh, all of a sudden the the Jets get a goal and tie the game. So so then we're back in it and out of nowhere, we sat there, we didn't say two words the whole time and I'm sitting there and right below me on the blue line is uh, is uh Howard Chuck. Yeah. And the puck come, the pucks coming around the dasher. I played hockey I mean, in my lack of ability I always made up with anticipation and look where, you know, always thinking ahead. If the pucks come around the dasher, I know Howard Chuck's right but when I look across the ice and there's Steen's on the far side, and he takes off. And this is like you know, you, this is a like, like, you know, late in the game, and he takes off, and I jump up and go, get him! <laughs> Howard Chuck fires one cross ice right on this tape, and Steen goes in and scores and wins the game. And me and my buddy were up, and going nuts, and I get all these people from sitting there looking at When did the people from Winnipeg get here? <laughs> <laughs> Great
0: story. Great story.
1: It's amazing, too, now seeing Steen's kid play for the Blues. It's weird now seeing all these players that we watched as youngsters, all their kids are playing now at the trip, huh? Sure. Oh, it's beyond belief. I mean, it, you know, I mean, they. Um, it, and I'm so excited for the future of the sport because these kids are amazing. I, I still marvel that the U.S. developmental program to go to the world. And bring home a bronze with seven college kids playing against not the absolute best NHLers, but basically they were playing against all NHLers. Uh, everybody's in love with this McDavid, with Connor McDavid, and rightly so. And if they think anybody from Buffalo, oh, you're just saying that because you're stuck with them. I'll, I'll say this here, here and now, and I because I watched more Arizona at Edmonton games to last me a lifetime this year to make okay. sure the Sabers finish last. Because all along I knew they'd never win the lottery. But this uh, Eichel kid, until you see him play, that's all I'll that's say. And I love the fact he's going to come in there with a chip on his shoulder. He thinks he's better than McDavid. And McDavid's this Gretzky guy. Uh, he, he has the Gretzky-like skills. But Jack Eichel has the combination of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Pays. And I, I, it would not shock me, and I am in the distinct image, that when all is said and done, Eichel could end up having the better pro career. And people think I'm crazy I, I, I agree. I don't know. I, I don't think you're crazy at all, Mr. Blessing. No, oh. I'm, I'm right with you I don't there. think yeah, the gap sure. is as big
0: as most people think. Uh, Eichel did score the well, he, goal that he did won it, the championship. Well, he did
1: a, what he did in college hockey, he was doing against 20-year-old guys. McDavid was dominating other 17-year-olds. And then they go to the world, and he was arguably their best or second-best player on the American team over in the world championship. I I I'm like, I hope
0: they take me, David, because I want
1: Eichel. Nice. <laughs> yeah, going, right. Going Absolutely. back to the,
0: the theme of, of the kids playing, Arizona's looking at the number three overall pick, and, and I think probably the consensus is Strom's going to go to Arizona, and that's going to bring Max Domi uh, right up into the forefront there in Arizona. So I think I think get, making a healthy on-ice product in Arizona is also going to help Las Vegas' uh, outlook to have a – and obviously the Kings and the Ducks are in in California, but if you could have a, a four pack of Arizona Anaheim Los Angeles and Las Vegas, that's that rounds things out pretty nicely if they could get their on ice product together.
1: Plus the kid next year there's another kid that's supposedly that's Austin Matthews. He's from Arizona. He is supposed he's supposed to be head over heels the best player coming out next year and it stands the reason. Um, you know, the Coyotes are going to be the worst team in the league by a good margin this year, <laughs> right. but that's no guarantee they get the kid.
0: Yeah, they uh, Edmonton, they they changed the lottery
1: rules again for next year.
0: Yeah, they did. All
1: they are is that right? Yeah, yeah. Now now they now it's down to the top three.
0: You know, playing <laughs> Russian roulette
1: with five bullets. Oh wow! And yeah. I heard the um Matthews is going to. Did he sign a Swiss League contract? I heard he he signed a Swiss League. I don't know if that was true or not. Yeah, he's. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not positive of the league, but I know he's going to Europe. Yeah, he's yeah, going to play there yeah. this year. Yeah, he's not going to the the uh, WHL. Yeah, he's skipping that.
0: Well, it's probably good for him. He's a young kid. He'll go over there and play. And if it is the Swedish Elite League, he'll uh, go over there, and get banged up a little bit, play with some men, and uh, he'll be in the draft next year. And uh, he'll be better for the experience,
1: probably. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Boy- Boys, I, I could do this all day long. Absolutely. But Tony Miller at the Golden Nuggets is going to kill me if I don't get downtown in time to do my well, radio show. Well, well, I, well, I, 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 love to, I love talking out with you guys. This, it, it's going to be awesome.
0: Thanks well, last
1: thing It's been a pleasure, and uh, thank you for doing this, sir. Absolutely. Thank oh, you. hey, listen. We'll be doing this a lot here, hopefully, in the next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. We'll, we'll leave yeah. it there and hopefully uh, we get some
0: good news soon well if we could uh, uh if we if we, we'd like to have you back on the show after the june 24th deal if there's any if there's any big announcements we'll be back in touch and hopefully we'll have you on again thank you so much sir you've given us an almost an hour of your time this morning and we really appreciate it it's always great talking hockey with you brian uh before we go where can they find you uh any of your social media sites that you want to hit up here let everybody know where you're at
1: yeah, listen. If you're a hockey fan, uh, you'll you get more hockey talk on Sportsbook Radio than you will anywhere else. So, uh, the shows are all archived at SportsbookRadio.com. In fact, we've had Bill Foley on five, uh, four or five, three or four times, and we've done the meet and greets. Uh, you can check the archives out there, and on Twitter, you guys do a great job. On, on Twitter, you can follow me at Brian Blessing. Um, I hope. I hope Tampa Bay wasn't following me the other night because, boy, did I carved
0: them apart. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw some of that. You were very nice to them.
1: Well, no, well, at, the, at the very beginning of the game, it was like the game's 10 seconds old. I uh, sent a tweet out. Um, Kane and Taves were moved to the upper deck because they were wearing a Blackhawks jersey in the lower bowl. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, if, if, you were, if you're wearing a Blackhawks jersey in Tampa Bay, a beer costs $79. dollars <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, really? I mean, really, you're that insecure? You're, yeah, honestly, guys, i I tell you what. If you're that insecure with your ticket policy, you're not winning the games.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw some of that. That was that was actually Twitter gold, Brian. Well, sir, we will let you go and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for giving us your insight on the Stanley Cup Finals and the Las Vegas hey. Hockey
1: position, sir. Uh,
0: we would welcome you back. Hey, I'll, I'll say thank you. I, hey, I'll say,
1: I would say thanks to you guys because uh, you're, you're, it's guys like you and and, and me, hopefully, and, and people that care about this that realize it, it can work here, and uh, I think people are going to absolutely love it. And I think in, in in the end run, hopefully, we're we're talking about a Las Vegas team and what it means to them on the ice in the next couple of years but I think it's going to be great for
0: this community. Uh, You're entirely too kind to us. We're just a couple idiots that like to talk about hockey, sir. (laughs) Bingo, that's why I I love you, because I can see eye to eye
1: with you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, very good, sir, very good. We will let you go, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Okay, you too, Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Blessing. So that was all kinds of fun. Uh, No better guy here in Las Vegas to talk hockey with uh, than Brian Blessing, except maybe our good friend Dana Lane over at Dana Lane Sports. Uh, You heard where his roots come from, the old odd in Buffalo. We're fortunate enough that he brought brought his hockey knowledge and passion here to Las Vegas. We're pretty sure, hopefully, if things go forward, we're going to be seeing a lot of Brian here as the Las Vegas bid does go forward. We appreciate him giving us the time he did today. I mean, Come on our come on our show for an hour. That was fantastic. Some great insights into the Las Vegas hockey movement and the Stanley Cup Finals, um, and where to go with our gaming needs for the next next game and the series. Um, I still think that Tampa Bay has a little something left in them. I'm not ready to give the Cup to Chicago yet, although Chicago is just a real tough team. That uh, I don't need to expand on on how how great the the big two and then the rest of the, the Duncan Keith and Seabrook playing 30 plus minutes a game. Crawford seemed to find himself again here later in the playoffs, and in Game One, they they were peppering him for about 35, 40 minutes, and he only let in the one goal. So Chicago will be tough to beat, but I think if Tampa can come back tomorrow night and and have a real solid game, stay on the stay on the forecheck, stay in the zone, keep attacking, which just what got them to the Stanley Cup Finals out of the East in the first place. Then I think they'll they'll be okay in Game Two, and then uh, then you're back to needing to win one in Chicago and get home ice back, and then anything can happen. So I'm not ready to throw dirt on the Tampa Bay faithful just yet, but they they got it. They won't say it, but Game Two's a must win, obviously. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take off, get this into production, so you guys get a chance to hear Brian Blessing. That was uh, our privilege to have him on and talk a little bit of hockey with with. Uh, one of the most respected journalists here in Las Vegas and nationwide, let's face it. Um, And we look for more, more from him out of the Las Vegas hockey vision as we go forward. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day, and we're out.